We are back. Welcome to another episode of the G-Man Show. I'm the G-Man, Ron Gerard, and you're seated in the first class section of the mothership of social media. Feel free to move about the cabin, but keep your ear to the classic interview we've offered you on Curtain Call. Now this week, we return to those thrilling days of yesteryear on the baseball diamond and feature former New York Yankee manager Ralph Houck. Allow me to bring you some background info on the man referred to as the Major. Why? Well, because of his service with distinction in the Battle of the Bulge during World War II, where he was awarded the Silver Star with an Oak Leaf Cluster, the Bronze Star with an Oak Leaf Cluster, and a Purple Heart. And yes, he actually rose to the rank of Major. Ralph Houck led what many consider the greatest team ever, the 1961 New York Yankees. They finished with 109 wins, 53 losses. They had the likes of Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, Yogi Berra, Elston Howard, Bobby Richardson, and Whitey Ford. It was the year that Roger Maris and teammate Mickey Mantle battled it out to break Babe Ruth's home run record of 60. Maris would finish with, yes, 61, and Mantle with 54. Now, Ralph Houck is the only manager to win World Series championships in his first two years at the helm. Houck succeeded Casey Stengel in 1961 and defeated the Cincinnati Reds that season and the San Francisco Giants in 1962. The major finished his Yankees tenure with a record of 944 up and 806 down. He later managed in Detroit for five seasons and in Boston for four. Let's hear from the major himself. Ralph Houck. Ralph, uh, I guess when people, you had a, a, a tremendous career as a manager, but people always talk about that great 61 ball club. And I, I guess you were one of the youngest managers. Were you 41 years old when you took over? Well, uh, it's been quite a while ago, but I think that's about right. And uh, that was a great ball club. I was very fortunate that uh, Casey left me a team like he did. And then we added a few young ball players that year. And I, I, it's the best ball club, I think, that I've ever been around because we had, you know, the fellows like Mickey and, and uh, Roger Maris. And, of course, Yogi was still there, Howard, Boyer, Quebec, Ritson, Scourin. And, and uh, we had a good bench, great relief pitch in Arroyo. Of course, Whitey had the great year. And, and uh, it was a kind of a ball club that uh, could do everything. It had speed. They think of the power it had, but it also had good speed when we needed it in, in the close games and, and, uh, and a great defense. I mean, a lot of many people uh, in the know, you know they, they, that team is mentioned, of course, is possibly one of the greatest teams of all time. Well, you know, it's really hard to compare one team against another when there's that much time between them, like probably uh, saying whether Jewel Lewis was better than this guy or that guy. But it was a ball club that had power from both sides of the plate and, and did have all the things that you look for for a great ball club. I, I reading a, that like a great player, uh, one of the immortals, like Mickey Mantle, I had a special relationship with you. I guess uh, he was very uh, 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 close to you. Uh, was was that? I guess you were close to to many players, but I, I read where you mostly close with the bench players. You knew how to relate to them, but yet there was a superstar like Mantle that you had a relationship with. Well, I, I when I took the job in '61, I, I we needed a leader, and the Yankees never. Uh, really had captains on their teams and and with the ability that Mickey had and you know being a kid from 
Oklahoma and from the Midwest, and uh, I related pretty good to him. And I told Mickey I, in spring training, I says, Mickey, I'm going to tell the press that you are the leader of this ball club, which is about the same as saying a, 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 a captain. And the thing was about Mickey, Mickey could hit two home runs and drive in four runs, and if we got beat, uh, you'd have thought we uh, that he had failed to do the job. Or if we won a ball game and he didn't do anything, he was as happy as any player on the ball club. That's the type of person he was. And, and of course, as you well know, he played injured all the time with both legs wrapped and, and out with a lot of pain. And he was a, a, just an unbelievable inspiration to a ball club because of those reasons. And and those things kind of relate to the other players. When they see a guy like that, that all he thinks about is winning, it, it makes your other players do the same thing. It isn't like in a World Series. It's like every day uh, he would do things to try to win, like bunt or get a guy over. And when he stole the base, it was always a big one. I didn't let him run too much because I wanted to protect his legs. But uh, those are the people that, that make make great leaders on ball clubs. The... the uh Countdown to 61 for Roger Maris. Uh, we've heard so much about what the man went through that year and being in New York and the pressure. Uh, did Were you able to relate to that or to help him at all? I don't think anybody could. I mean, people will never understand the pressure that Roger went through. Personally, I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He did something no one else has ever done. And, and people forget that he was a great defensive ball player and, and uh, would break up double plays, and he, he no more wanted really to hit 61 home runs than anybody. He, uh, right when he was up into the 50s, he would still bunt on his own to beat a ball out if we had a chance to win it by doing that, and, and he would do those little things. He would move a runner from uh, second to third with nobody out, and a lot of people don't know that, and he would stand uh, when he'd come to the ballpark and sign autographs for an hour. And yet, if the game was over and he didn't sign an autograph, people would get on him and things like that. When you get in the limelight that much, it's difficult to please everybody. And he finally got to the point where the press was so much following him that it really almost got to him. And at the end there, he didn't, several games, well, a game in Baltimore, he didn't, came to me and said, Skip, I just can't make it tonight. And, and of course, the stadium was full. I think that's the night that he tied the record with 60. And uh, and he and I told him I said Roger you know why don't you just go ahead and and play an inning and I'll get you out of there so, uh, you know and let people know you're not feeling well or something but he did start the game and finished it and and that's the night he hit the sixty and he actually hair was coming out I mean he he was a in, in a bad shape at that particular time and a lot of people don't understand that. Wouldn't, uh your career as a manager, you had great teams after, I, 60, uh, 62, 63, uh, 60, 64. Uh, and then, of course, everyone associates you, you with the Yankees. You went to, uh, to, uh, I went to uh, Detroit for five Detroit years. Detroit and then, then Boston. Yeah, well, uh, I really thought I was going to retire. And then Jim Campbell talked. He said, we need a manager that understands young players. We're going to have to get rid of all our old players here. And you're the guy we want. And, of course, Jim was a good friend of mine. And... Uh, and I liked the owner, Mr. Fetcher, at that time, and so that's how that happened. And and then when I retired from Detroit, I, I fully intended not to manage again. And after two years, why the Red Sox? I knew Sullivan real well there, and the Yawkey family, and and uh, they they said, well, we're going to have to uh, rejuvenate this ball club. That's when Fisk left, and Lynn, and Burleson, and 
And uh, they talked me into coming up there, and I had four great years up there and left very happy. I'm lucky I've never been fired. Maybe I left before anybody fired me. Uh, finally, Ralph, uh, I notice you have a you have a, a twins ring on. I know well, you work with them in a capacity, but I'm just wondering that in terms of, of, of the Yankee tradition, I, I'm, I know you have Yankee rings. Uh, I have the, the one where we won five World Series in a row, but... Uh, uh, I was vice president of baseball at Minnesota for one year in 87, and then I told Andy McPhail, hey, it's time for me to to uh, do some of the things my wife and I have always wanted to do. So I was sort of a consultant for a couple years there after that. But right now I'm just doing these bat uh, baseball assistant. Uh, bat stands for baseball assistance team. And, and I do this for the simple reason that the money that's raised, over a million dollars now in five years, uh, goes to the ball players that aren't as fortunate as the ones today. So I, I feel like this is something I can do and enjoy, and I get to see some of the players again, and and so I'm having fun doing that. And I thank Equitable for making all this possible for all these old players. Well, it's a great program. If we could just end on uh, your your thoughts on, uh, you know, it's a shame the Yankees are in uh, the worst record in the major leagues. Uh, how you view Yankee tradition? Do you, do you think it'll it'll ever come to the forefront like it like it was when you were there and you know, great managers uh, previous to you? Well, it probably will. New York, as we all know, is a big city and a big town, and it'll bounce back. I mean, they're having a lot of problems now, and I can't name you the reasons for them. You know, everybody's pointing at at, at George, but uh, you know, if you look back when he started. Uh, I know when I left there, he said, Ralph, you're making a mistake because he said, I'm going to spend a lot of money and we're going to have a good club. And he went out, he got Jackson, Catfish Hunter, and he did spend a lot of money and they had a winning team after that. And I don't know what's happened. It's hard to believe that a team like that can go downhill uh, like it has. And yet I was through that with New York at one time and and free agencies and, and has really made baseball a tough business. Listen, Ralph, I appreciate your time, and thanks for all you gave to the game. No problem. I enjoy it. Talk about a hero. That was certainly one of them right there. The man they referred to as the major, Ralph Houck. Please find us every week with classic interviews from our Vault of Treasures. We post every Monday, so until we partner up, keep your hands up, your chin down, shoot the jab, and don't make me look for you. The following was dedicated to the memory of the major.